Back up, please. ஒரு <laughs> who was who oh, who no. was act, who actually came online because it uday was going to be here uh, and uh, vinit was our star guitarist in college and he was really into the whole rock thing so um, you know we yeah it's okay how are you very well very well so i'm bombay sorry i thought you said where you no no <laughs> very well <laughs> okay he said oh. very well bahut acche bahut acche acche ha bilkul theek thak enter um, rock thing currently uh, when you say the entire rock thing do you mean uh, arms for shanti as we are right now in the us or ventures in india or all of the above everything everything you know well the music industry by and large is i guess all uh, disparate right now most record companies are trying to figure out um, well they figure out that the ass and the elbow are two different organs i think they're spending their time trying to figure out how to how to maximize their profits uh, while uh, getting people to stop trading uh, these files sort of all over the place so are you against it with that well in principle see here's the deal in principle you can't ever support something that is that, that's sort of so out of control because in the long run what happens is in the long run then you have nothing that's actually funding or financing the art itself but what happens is if it continues without any kind of uh, equalization at all then it's going to hit even the smallest guy now if i am going to be spending my time hoping to make even a few bucks and even a few bucks mm-hmm. can't come my way only because people are, will just take it and uh, sort of trade it it's it's not something that i'm opposed to um in the sense that right now the fact that people are sending it back and forth it's great it's great promotion it's a matter of people trying to understand how to utilize this as a promotional uh, device as long as you're able to make your money some other way and i say make your money not in terms of necessarily getting rich and fat and famous and buying a big house in malibu or whatever but then did, did you did you know that sales were hit or something due to piracy and all these or honestly we are not feeling it at all <laughs> that's cool though everything about making music how do you get words come out and how how do you make music because i training in music and not a single prize from all those singing competitions he took part in because all those nasty allegations are all true <laughs> <laughs> training i guess uh, i've done a little smattering of 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 mridangam lesson which has basically uh-huh. qualified me for nothing but 
I sit and I and I and I doodle. You know, I sit with my guitar and I doodle. And and what happens with your like points during uh, any? It's something that's brewing uh-huh. within the, under the surface anyway. And right. I can I mean I can only speak for how I do it. And in either it's a either it's a chorus, mm-hmm. a hook, a line that just sounds say see what I can do with it. Like one of the tunes, um, one newer tunes which we haven't read for the Mahatma. So I mean. Uh-huh. It was just an idea, looking for the Mahatma, and then using the subject of looking for the Mahatma, which is really about finding a seeing a lyrical idea around that. So it depends. I mean, it comes. It can come from any direction. I just like it could come from a melody that just hits me and let me see if I can make a song out of this. But to answer the the question you said in terms of inspiration of what inspires you, mm-hmm. I guess lyrically and uh, so it it could be it. Uh, what you see on television, it could be a newspaper headline, it could be a story you read somewhere, it could be a book, it could be anything, it could, just could be something you see walking down the street. So that's where, and I would be, uh, I don't think any musician could convincingly say that any musical idea is purely and absolutely original because everything you get, pretty much everything you get from any art form is derivative in some way or the other. It's, mm-hmm. it's probably something that occurs to you in, in a manner that you would do it or you would express you would express it in your way but the, the spark usually comes from something that's usual that's more often than not less obvious to you it could be something that I heard 15 years ago and suddenly I come up with a melodic idea that's been buried somewhere in my subconscious and it works it works in the context of something I do it, I mean after all I mean uh, uh, the musical scale is really just 12 notes it's a matter of what sequence you put them in, what dynamics you give them, what rhythmic, what rhythmic cadence you give them, and what harmonic mm-hmm. uh, movement you give them. I mean, so the permutations change dramatically after that, but the essence of it is twelve notes in a basic uh, Western scale or even a even an Indian scale. And so, Uday, yeah, how often does this happen that you feel after having made a tune that there is something in it that you could add, which might which might make it even more enjoyable to listen and you're missing it and how frustrating it is when you don't get the right note does it happen more often or it happens it happens terribly often and it's a pain in the friggin ass but <laughs> <laughs> there's something missing there so, so anything well it it happens very very often it and that's uh-huh. always that's i guess that's part of the creative process for many people i wouldn't say for everyone i'm sure there are some people who just find things coming together sooner than not sooner than uh, <laughs> than not What's the average time that you guys take to create a song? You can't, it's it's hard to say. It really depends on the song and the idea. I mean, some songs just come together faster and some take much longer to come together. I mean, one song that I could talk about that was a surprise for us, and I'm I'm going back in history now, and I'm not just trying to pull out an old uh, popular single of Mm -hmm. ours, but Mm -hmm. I mean, there were songs in the rock machine and indiscreet days that really took, I mean, they took time to develop. I mean, Mahesh would have a guitar riff idea and he and I would sit and work on it and it, it might take days, it might take weeks, show it to the band. And then every now and then something would just completely fall into place. When he, when he had the, the chord progression for Pretty Child, the, the melody came to actual, just fell into place for some obscure reason. No, no one can say why. Right. And mm-hmm. But it came together and from one song could take weeks and go absolutely nowhere. An idea that you think is a fantastic idea to begin with could be uh-huh. could by the end of three weeks of playing it every day it sounds like shit to you in any case. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you just step away okay. from it for a little bit, and very often right. you actually lose good ideas that way because really with playing something over and over again you start to hate it more and more, especially right. okay. if it's not coming together. And uh, See, sometimes okay. it comes together. Now go on, go on. So that's it. Go ahead. 
I was I was wondering how do you say if, uh, for instance in the uh, Indian film industry normally it is the music director who comes up with a tune and asks the lyrics to put in the words. So how do you operate? Is it very yeah. random or is it the other way around? Uh, usually more often than not i won't say that i always write the lyrics last but most mm -hmm. of the time i do most of the time it's a melody tune. yeah it's a, mm -hmm. it's a yeah it's a tune that comes to me first and then which sort of determines and then i base it on the mood of the piece itself the song oh, itself right. but i would say more and more these days you know with with arms for shanti what's happening is every now and then we've there's a there's, there's a politically uh, uh, instigated tune and, mm -hmm. and and when when it, when it comes to things matters of politics, very often the lyrics come to you first because it's, it's a form <laughs> of expression. You know, you're trying to get your friggin' your fucking word out as quickly as possible. Exactly. And say what you think that <laughs> asshole president just did. Mm. But uh, <laughs> so so I guess these these days there's quite there's an e there's an equal uh, division of melody first or lyrics first. Sometimes these days the lyrics come sooner. And then now with Arms for Shanti, it's you and. Uh, Jayesh, right? As uh, so, what happened to the indiscreet uh, band? You know, why did you guys split up? And it was going all well for you guys. You guys were, you know, doing very well. Well, you know, what at the right? time that we decided to end indiscreet, there were many factors that came into play. One of them was a very rapidly changing Indian music industry, which was moving in a direction that we didn't want to sort of follow, and so. We were going through our own uh, sort of conflicts in the band, not with each other as much as we're just dealing with the industry itself. Things were going well, yes. I mean, mm -hmm. we were playing gigs and stuff like that. But at some point, the demands of the, the record companies and I guess to a certain extent the audience and stuff was for us to move in a direction we didn't want to. Secondly, mm -hmm. within the band itself, I mean, I guess after 14 years of playing together, I mean, invariably you start to grow in, in, in different ways. Musically, at least. Yeah. Yeah, personally, of course. So it was like the Beatles. Was well, it? no, no, absolutely not like the Beatles. And the Be as far as the Beatles are concerned, <laughs> apparently one chick came and screwed it all up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a bit unfair that, to the to the to Yoko Ono. We had no Yoko Ono. I mean, the band. <laughs> we're all still very, very close friends. Very close friends. I mean, the, the kids uh -huh. in the band, like Zubin's, the, Zubin, the keyboard player's sons. I mean, I consider them the equivalent of my nephews. And Mark's daughters, I consider them my nieces. I mean, they're, they're, we are very close. They really are family. Mm -hmm. We had come to a point, I guess, I, I guess one advantage we had was a little bit of foresight. We'd come to a point where we were moving in slightly different directions. Some of us wanted to go more Indian with the sound, and, and others were not comfortable with the idea. Jayesh and I mm -hmm. were the most... Uh, uh, most inclined towards Indianizing and bringing in all kinds of Indian rhythmic, melodic, whatever, different kinds of ideas. And other guys in the band, which yeah. is which, who have, and these are all extremely legitimate points of view. I mean, we're not too keen on that. So that was one thing which we were tugging in different directions, maybe. Mm -hmm. And with various the way circumstances sort of presented themselves at that particular point, Gandhi and I were also. I call him Gandhi, by the way. So Gandhi, oh, we all call him Gandhi. I know, which which actually is quite amusing because I'll, I'll just dig I'll, I'll just digress over here <laughs> because we're quite free with our uh, galis towards each other as most Indian friends are. So when I was sitting in right. the in at a bar, one sidewalk cafe bar in the village, with a bunch of friends, and Jayesh wasn't with us, and I was 
relating some anecdote and I was telling these people. I said, man, that Gandhi, he's such a fucking idiot, man. <laughs> which, is, which is quite normal. I mean, it's, it's, that's, how, that's how you talk about right. your closest friends. Right. But, but uh, non-Indian people at the next table, I guess they didn't make the association that there could be more than one Gandhi apart from, uh, from, from yeah. uh, Sri Mohandas. This, you know, Gandhi is a fucking idiot. You, you ungrateful. Well, but I guess, but I guess if they see an Indian sitting at a table saying Gandhi, that fucking idiot, they say, okay, well, I guess the Indians can say it. You know, they've got say that, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's it, it's like it's like how how black guys can call other black well, exactly. guys. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So we've got license to rip off on uh, on our leaders, world on world heroes Gandhi. coming out of India, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. But anyway, yeah. so Gandhi and I were sort of very inclined to taking the Indian sound further. And we also wanted to just um, look out for new passengers. We'd got pretty tired of the scene in Bombay. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we love Bombay. We still love coming back home. It's, it's very much home. It's, it's something that's completely in our blood and in us, in our, under our skin. But we just needed to get mm-hmm. out to a new place. It was something that was playing on both our minds for a while. And we presented that to the band. We said, you know what? It's time for us to look for newer places, newer, newer, a newer audience, or expand the audience, if nothing else and try new ideas and uh, the rest of the guys understandably understandably didn't want to upend their lives in Bombay because they were very very settled in many ways and with two mm-hmm. of them having had kids I mean that really roots you to a place mm-hmm. the Gandhi and me it was okay we just pack our bags and leave which is what we did <laughs> so we all decided at that time that we would part while we were still uh, while the galleys that we were hurling at each other weren't really personal so that right, would be a right, good that would right. be a good time to sort of call it a day and and because uh, you still remain friends you still remain buddy. Part on a high. Sorry. Yeah. Part exactly. On a high, exactly. Yeah. And part and part in a way where you really are still very close to each other. It's very mm. important. I mean, relationships even eventually are like more important than most things in the world. Yeah. So then, so what what can we expect from Anshu? <laughs> That's a really hard question to answer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, uh, let me. That? Uh, so if yeah if how how does one get to know Amswashanti there's obviously your site you know amswashanti.com but if i want to sample your music or something is there anywhere well we know? have a few songs on the site we've got a few sound clips on the site itself we've got about four and they run like 40 seconds to a minute so those give an idea okay. and we've chosen four tunes from the album that are pretty different from each other so you get a sense of what the album is is about We've also got one sort of free download of the entire version of a live version of Super Bowl we did, which we played at our album release in Bombay. Mm. Uh, Taufik Qureshi on percussion, uh, another friend of ours, Vivek Rajgopalan on Milangam and and vocal percussion, like bowls and stuff. And Naresh Kamath on bass and Kurt Peters, who's on drums. Kurt Peters' father is really well known in an incredible bass player called Carl Peters and Kurt is a great drummer so these are four buddies of ours in Bombay Taufik as you guys probably know is Zakir Hussain's uh, youngest brother and Taufik and we've right. been playing for years and years so we've got Super Bowl the live version and it's a pretty funky version I mean, these guys <laughs> they play all I mean the Super Bowl is playing with the whole Indian bowl thing the vocal percussion uh, aspect so there's yeah. there's rhythmic solos there's percussion solos and there's the vocal uh, bowl stuff and it's it's quite a it's quite a crazy mix so we've got that as a as a just a download for this is what we are like live because honestly most people's reaction i can understand that is that we are more exciting live than mm-hmm. than we are on on the album which is something we're going to try and change and you say what 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 do you expect from arms for shanti what we're going to try and do with the next album is uh, we're going to try and do it as live and exciting as we possibly can considering it's going to be recorded in a studio 
So we're going to try and mm-hmm. record the next album uh, with the full band over here in the US with the drummer and stuff. I mean, in India, you'll end up using a lot of drum machines and things, you know, uh, pro- programming stuff because right. the studios aren't, I won't say they aren't well equipped. They're very well equipped and they're very good engineers out there. But uh, there isn't that much experience with li- with the recording live drums and stuff. So we want to do that over here. Take the album back to India, get friends of ours over there uh, to overdub their own mm-hmm. lines, put their own stuff and throw their own ideas and, and come up with something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so it's going to be like a distributed... Well, we're gonna try and we're gonna try and do it. Uh, we will definitely try and shop it around to to different labels if we can. And but the um, fact is, we. But but you you know what what you can do is uh, I don't know if you have heard about Lulu's. Uh, there's this web service where you just put your songs and people buy each song or whatever, and the site directly sends them the CD. Uh, is do do you see that sort of a model working? I you know what. I see that kind of model working for sure, but there's one critical aspect that everyone has to keep in mind. I mean, right now with the with the way technology is sort of put, putting the power to a great extent back into the hands of the MIDI rec, uh, recording software that you can use to do a lot of stuff at home. You can mix and master, mm-hmm. and and you can distribute through through the internet. But the most important thing is people have to hear of you. If they if they haven't heard of you they, and they don't know it's there, it's like if you don't know the product exists, how are you going to buy it? The, okay. So, so the promotions uh, part is what where the record labels uh, come absolutely. In Frankly, do. record companies are worth nothing if they don't have any marketing muscle. Honestly, that's that's my opinion, and that's probably the opinion of most musicians today. Is frankly, mm. if you can't, if you don't have the marketing uh, power to get the word out and to spread the word, of course, if after that people don't like the music and don't buy it, it's not the record company's fault. It's I mean, it just comes yeah. down to the music. It can come down to circumstances. Very often, it's a particular sound is. Is not right for that. Yeah, it's, it's not, not the, the right, right time. time. I mean, I've heard great music that's done terribly <clears throat> at the time that it was released. But I mean, I still love it. So I mean, there are so many factors that come into making uh, to ensuring something's commercial success. But a record company's value really is in getting the word out and making people aware that this music exists. Distribution today is no big deal at all. The internet has taken care of that. It's very right. easy to download individual right. songs if that's the deal you strike with various sites. And it, it takes nothing to manufacture a bunch of CDs and mail them out. Nothing at all. Exactly. Putting them in stores is another matter because when you're looking at record stores like Tower Music and stuff like that, again, shelf space is very limited. But frankly, those are, those mm-hmm. are business models that are going to go out of, uh, that, that, that are going to go under very soon. Because if you can buy, if you can get free shipping on on anything uh, worth twenty five dollars and over from Amazon, hmm. why bother going to a store? Right. Why do you need to go out? Right? So, we we, yeah. we Indians in India still go to the store <laughs> for the ambience. No, well, we don't the have many still go to the store right places. Dude, come there. come to New, come to New York right now. You look at the number of people on the friggin' street, man. It's driving me crazy. <laughs> okay. People are going from store to store. There are too many of them. <laughs> I'm saying that that is not going to change. You're right. People uh-huh. do go, people people actually do go for the experience of walking into a shop and feeling what they and going and actually physically picking up what they want to buy. I do that. Right. Sometimes right. I go. I mean, I'd go to a Barnes and Noble bookstore over here because mm-hmm. I want a particular book. But frankly, I'm 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 the worst kind of consumer as far as stores like that are concerned because I do that uh-huh. and I go to Amazon and I and I buy it online because I get it cheap. <laughs> well, you, I mean that's what I do. That's what exactly. everyone does, I guess. You know, no one wants even if it's a dollar cheaper, everyone wants to go. Ex- exactly. Take that. I mean, exactly. So so that's good. So uh, 
what 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 would you say for I mean, all these engineering colleges—they have their own bands. Did you guys start out like that? No, right? How yeah. we well, we weren't we weren't actually in all all in the same college together. We were all we in fact we didn't even know each other. I mean, you were spotted during some uh, talent contest or something. By Mahesh, Mahesh. yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't Mahesh, actually performing right. in the talent contest, but like, I guess I wasn't talented enough for that. But <laughs> it, it's, well, well, the, it, I guess the talent was just no, 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 no. He was, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was in I was in uh, FYJC in, in HR college, <clears throat> and I knew another guy, another guitar player, well a guy a guy in TY at that time, who was uh, mm-hmm. uh, a really nice guitar player who played really nice acoustic picking stuff and whatnot. He plays Simon and Garfunkel and things. So I mean, when 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 this guy and I found okay. each other, Patrick, his name is Patrick, and Patrick and I would just sit and for the fuck of it, just sit and, and sing Simon and Garfunkel tunes, just sort of sheer boredom. And, if you went to HR okay. College in uh, 1985 or whenever it was, I was there. Uh, you'd realize the true meaning of boredom. <laughs> <laughs> there was fucking nothing to do, man. So at one point, some guy wanted to take part in a talent competition in a singing contest, and he had asked Patrick to accompany him. So Patrick told me, he said, "You know what? This guy wants to sing this song, but frankly, he's not getting the phrasing right." It's the song by he was okay. going to do uh, the song "Time" by Pink Floyd. So mm. he said, you know, so Patrick mm. said, you know what? Why don't you just show him the phrasings and the things so he just gets gets it all correct? It's all right. So I said, fine. And and Mahesh was ah. sitting around over there. Mahesh, if you knew Mahesh at that time of his life, and I didn't know Mahesh, you'd realize that Mahesh was extremely bored as well. <laughs> Because if you if you're actually enrolled in Elphinstone College and you choose to sit on the steps of HR College. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Things, Things are really, really bad. bad. Which is what even okay. Nothanaika. So um, I met him there for the first time. So when Patrick, when I was showing the other guy how to sing this tune, uh, that's when Nothanaika heard me sing, and that's that's really what it was. So I wasn't actually enrolled in the talent that's contest right. myself, but mm. uh, then that's when he asked me. At that Rock Machine, at that time, actually had another singer, but he was about to quit. So Tanaka said, "You know what? We're looking for another singer. So why don't you come and audition? You know, just come and uh, sing a couple of tunes with That's the band." Cool, yeah. So I went by and I sang, and then they, they said, "Yeah, okay, fine, you're on." And that was it, basically. Cool. So uh, tell tell me about this thing. How I mean, this was when you guys were in, you know, had industried and all. What was the thing lacking? You know, something that you always say, uh, uh, "We wish that it were like this." you know people were not crazy enough distribute the record labels were not were difficult to come by was there anything that you guys you know would have liked like to be better well so the thing yeah. is you can always find fault and always wish that something was different i mean plenty we could we could wish that plenty of things were different but in in one sense we really have to be very very thankful on 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 many more levels that things worked out the way they did for us because you know a lot of it is a lot of it is serendipity a lot of it is timing and luck sure i mean there's no question mm-hmm. about the fact that you need talent and you need to work hard at it but frankly that's not enough if you don't have luck then it doesn't it doesn't amount to anything and things worked for us yeah, totally. but one thing that we always felt that um that took up too much of our time was actually managing the band because we managed ourselves so there were six so of you, us you and didn't we, have, we didn't have we didn't have a manager who team. took the, yeah the we didn't Brian have Epstein right right 
Bri- yeah, Brian Epstein, yeah. yeah well, Epstein, but, uh, but Brian, well, Epstein, Epstein, same thing. Yeah. But <laughs> Brian Epstein finally killed himself. So, I mean, I don't know if he... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. No, so, we did finally hire a manager much later in life, a Brit guy mm-hmm. called Russell, Russell Mason, who was great, but we hired Russell really to represent us outside India. Within India, we sort of understood the Indian market much better than a, uh, a Brit would, Brit living in Dubai would be able to handle it. Yeah. But what happened was, because we didn't have anybody else that we could be confident about managing us in India. We'd deal with the organizers, we'd be chasing sponsors for our own stuff, you know, we'd be representing ourselves, we'd be doing stuff like that. And frankly, it oh, takes okay. up a lot of fucking time and work. You know, uh-huh. we, we always thought, that we became, thought we'd become musicians and, and bypass the whole thing of paperwork and administrative accounting bullshit. And there we were in the thick of it saying, what the fuck am I doing doing this shit, man? <laughs> I'd rather be sitting home, smoking a nice uh, joint and then writing some tunes. And, yeah. <laughs> Meeting the accountant and doing fucking year-end taxes. Yeah, horrible. So, th- yeah. so that was one thing that we definitely missed, was having a really com- good, competent manager to handle that, that side of the business. So you have one thing- right now? No, you have one with no, you don't. Okay. No. <laughs> so, so, so were you like were you like smo- were you like smoking a joint and doing your taxes? Well, not exactly. But but the fact the fact that I was the the first accountant the well I was the first guy nominated to handle the accounts of the band. They might as well have been sm- might as well have been smoking a joint and doing taxes. <laughs> yeah. Here's a guy. Here's the deal. Okay, so we go every each year to our accountant, good old Mister, very sweet Mister Noshir Gandevia behind the behind the Bombay Stock uh-huh. Exchange and I would go with my, with the band accounts which of course were written on about okay. 77 different little tiny little chits of paper oh, okay. and he would look at me in absolute shock but he was a, he was a very decent and he is a very decent upright and uh, diplomatic Parsi man and he'd look at me and try and uh-huh. sift through all the evidence that I had brought in there of our, of our uh, miserable uh, economic situation <laughs> and he would patiently yeah. go through everything and one day he asked me he said you know say, are you a are you have you done are you a graduate in economics or something so I said no he said have you graduated I said no I haven't graduated I dropped out after the 12th he said you, you, you don't have a BCom I said no does anybody else on the band have a BCom I said yeah Jayesh <laughs> Mark Zubin said, so why are you doing the accounts <laughs> I said that's a that's an excellent question, Mr. Gandevia. I'm going to go back to the band and get rid of this fucking shitty job right away, man. <laughs> I was basically shoved into doing all this. So I went back and I told Mark and Zubin, I said, Ban Churds, you guys are fucking <laughs> Yeah, but every year they would complain about how, how miserable our situation was. And I said, but don't blame me, bastards. <laughs> yeah, but you exactly. were the name was. I'm the <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, man. So this was nice. This was nice. Mm. It was fun yeah, you talking too, yeah. to you, Uday. Yeah, Uday. And um, it was. I mean, thanks a lot for taking out. No problem. Yes. No problem. No seriously, Uday. So you know what? I don't if, follow music as passionately as Vinith and Aditya do. Uh-huh. So when I logged on to the internet and typed your name to find out more about you, I said, "Man, this guy is famous." <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> giving yourself. Well, putting yourself on the internet is very easy these days, yeah, so. Ah, no, you're being too modest now. <laughs> well, that's good. We uh, So, when, when is your next live performance going to be? And are you guys, is it going to be in New York? The next one, you know, we haven't booked the next gig as yet because there was actually going to be a chance. There is still a, a slim chance of us uh, heading down to India sometime at the end of Jan. 
for some concerts. But I'm not sure if that's going to happen. So the reason okay. why we aren't booking is because that's in limbo right now. Uh, with mm-hmm. a very strong chance of it remaining in limbo uh, for posterity. So in which case, <laughs> and if that happens, then we will be playing probably around Feb or March in New York. If we aren't in Bombay before that. All right. And we should get all those details from yeah, your website. The website right? basically has, uh, we've, we've also got a mailing list. You can sign up to our mailing list on the website itself. I mean, I, I think it's on the contact us page. There's a pop-up or something like that. It's a Yahoo Groups um, address. So, I mean, you okay. can just subscribe and unsubscribe automatically to the Arms for Shanti mailing list. And we send out mailings every time we have gigs. So, mm-hmm. that's, that's the best place to get the that's info, good. really. That's good. So, guys, if you're interested, go join that meeting list. Uh, the website is Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much, everybody.